from the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the red-headed stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Broitation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1974 Game of Death, starring Ramon Zamora and directed by June Gallardo. Contrary to the title, this is actually a Enter the Dragon ripoff, complete with a spy that goes on an island to challenge an eccentric, rich dude and compete in a competition. <laughs> it's pretty pretty interesting. I think there's also a really big tie-in with um, the movie The Most Dangerous Game, right? Because there's... Uh, this dude who owns an island, which is just like Hans Island, but there's a point in which, you know... He's... Yeah, it's just like Hans Island. Yeah, yeah. Except... Minus the, the money. Minus the money. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, jumping really far ahead right away, one of the funniest scenes in this movie is when they're in a dungeon of some sort, and the guy's like, hmm, this guy must be really rich. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the... Just so everybody thinks he is. Right. Yeah, yeah. No budget. Okay, so when did you first see this, and what do you think? Well, I saw these much later, and the reason I wanted... I mean, I'm talking, like, probably not until the late 90s. And it it came to me from... There's another one of these Filipino-made films called For For Your Height Only. I don't know if you've (laughs) seen it yet, but it's a ripoff on, you know, obviously, For Your Eyes Only, and it's about a very small... (laughs) <laughs> secret agent who's like four feet tall and it's the, it was the most wackiest movie I'd ever seen and then as I was sort of researching a little bit I realized holy crap there's this whole other sort of Filipino made Bruce exploitation market that really isn't you know when we talk about Bruce exploitation and for the most part everybody's thinking about the films out of Taiwan and Hong Kong but not realizing that there was a smaller market that came out of the Philippines and what's so, and you, you know, we, we'll talk about this, but it's so interesting how they are different. It's not the exact same as the Hong Kong films. They have a different sentiment. They have a different tone. They have a different um, approach to the films. And it's it kind of falls a little between your typical Bruce exploitation film out of Hong Kong and then and then Enter the Fat Dragon, <laughs> right? You know, you know, or or Bruce, you know, the Dragon Lives Again. And where there is this sort of underplayed humor, but the the humor isn't played like in Hong Kong, where it's very sort of Three Stooges comical. Here, it's almost played straight, but it's bizarre. And um, anyways, we can talk a little bit more about it. But I didn't see it until the '90s, and then when it opened up this door, and I thought, wait a minute, there's a whole whole area I wasn't exposed to. I just I really you know, took a, a liking to them, and I thought it was probably a good idea for us to maybe open the door up a little bit because there's a lot of people that probably haven't. Um, seen him cool i i like him a lot ramon zamora he's funny um i like the whole thing i mean it's so different um we'll get into it and i think we're going to be talking a lot about that as we go through this film but it's it's just what you said it's really straight-faced comedy like it's, it's almost like they're making jokes it's like somebody told someone else a joke and they didn't remember exactly how the joke went so they're saying most of the words for the joke, but the punchline doesn't hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good way. Uh, so we we have we open up with the tournament. Um, it's kind of meant to be like it's definitely the guy who put this together had watched Enter the Dragon a number of times. So he's like, "Well, what are we going to do to get this going?" And right away, there's like the 
the roper scene with the gambling you know right. it's like am i going to get beat up a little bit before i finally win so we can make a little money but the whole thing's happening in like a, a junior high school gymnasium <laughs> oh it is so cheap it's the best it's, it looks like some of the karate tournaments i fought in when i was a kid <laughs> only worse best. yes exactly so i'm like okay well what are we getting into um and then there's this really, really bad acting where these bad guys come over and they're talking to one of our heroes. Uh, let me get his name here. Uh, Eddie Garcia. So Eddie Garcia is the best, too. He's just this big, fat dude who's meant to be kind of uh, our Bruce's manager slash co-conspirator spy dude. Um, and right. he's like, sir, may I talk to you? And he kind of looks around. And the audience is like sitting there like, they're kind of watching the, the movie being filmed and stuff. And he's like, I don't see why not. And then they talk about, of course, we're setting it up. We're going to an island with a rich guy. And and I like that the sub thing for them is like sexiness. It's like, are they going to be ladies or whatever? And yeah, so. Mr. Mikado, we have an offer to make. And uh, Max here could explain better. Mr. Colby was sent by a very wealthy sportsman. And they're going to hold a tournament of champions. And where is this? In our island. It's a paradise. I know what you want. We have many pretty girls. <laughs> <laughs> our island outside of Philippine territorial waters. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that funny moment, if you look at the dubbing, where they're discussing the island, like he's coming up to him saying, hey, we want to you know, invite you to this island and compete in this thing. They're, they're filling in the words. It's almost like they got egg on their faces because they're sitting here trying to fill in words that don't really... It's almost like they had their lips moving. They didn't know what to say. So they say these, you know, these sort of, yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like going, they must have not known what these guys were saying. Oh, you got it dead on. And then what's great is then the tournament's still like ending or something. But um, like the guy's beat up and he comes over and he makes makes our fake Bruce and this other dude kind of stand there and he, the one dude's beat up and he looks at them both and then he does the thing where he lifts the guy's arm in the air like you're the winner. <laughs> it was all so weird and he brings him this really big trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the person who put this together had ever seen an actual tournament fight of any sort. He's like, it must be like wrestling just with, with Kung Fu. Yeah, high school kids. Yeah, exactly. All right, so then we get to what is um, the best part of this movie, and that's the <laughs> opening theme. <laughs> I knew you were going to like that music. I knew it. And, you know, I've re tried to find this song. I've looked it up, and I could not find it. But it's I went deep, too, because, uh, you know, I found everything about um, the, the uh, end of the Game of Death song. Like, I went deep on that one, and I found all the information. I found out when it came out. I found an instrumental version. I learned everything about the performer and writer. This one is absolute. There's nothing out there about it. It's the best, though. It's the, it's the best. I, and I think part of the reason it's hard to track down, you know, is because it's it's actually an original song, you know, whereas many of this, the songs from the the music from the uh, Bruce Plotation films out of Hong Kong is they're all, um, 
you know, they're ripped out of other American films, so they're a little easier to track down once you know what it is. Right. Well, and what I was saying, I guess, a moment ago, um, because I, it wasn't hitting me in my face to the, the song, um, King of Kung Fu. So King of Kung Fu mm. in End of the Game of Death is used like 1,500 times. Like, we bought the song, we're going to use the song, and we're going to use the song again and again. And the same thing happens in this one. It's like they got these people. They're obviously Westerners, and... The people who made the song don't know what the movie's about. They're just like, so beware of the game of death and it's sort of country. <laughs> but they don't really know what it's about. There's no Pierce Bruce. Or it's about fighting. It's just, it's like rhyming words that rhyme with game of death. So, yep. Yeah. And they use the hell out of it. I mean, every five minutes in this movie, the theme comes back in. And, you know, they use it for moments of tension and they use it like when at one point when Bruce is um, like secreting his way through a cave. <laughs> it just yeah, out. right. It's the best. Yeah. Um, okay, so we get to the island, and that's why I, I already jumped to that earlier, which I think is funny. We have this yacht. We get to the island. It's going to be this awesome place, um, and they're like, it looks like a jail to um, a cave on an island. And this is when Eddie Garcia's character, he's like, "Ooh, this looks nice. Like this guy must be rich." And I'm like, wait, what made you think that? You're like in the creepiest place I've ever seen, and you're about to enter into a cage. <laughs> well, then we do. We right away they set the stage. If we're doing the Enter the Dragon thing, so it's as much girls as you want, right? So Eddie, he's like, well, I want all the girls, and they kind of go with him. And then Bruce Lee's character, it's like they, they didn't remember what happened in Enter the Dragon, just that Bruce did not get with any girls. So he's like, wait, what about me? And they're just like, nope, sorry. I'm too busy to hang out with you tonight. <laughs> he just has to sit there hanging out. That was so funny. Well, yeah, and I think it's this is a good point to to note some more of the the production design of this movie and how how some of these films are so cheap and they're just just unrepentant about it because you just got these their rooms aren't even rooms they're just sheets hanging to separate people from walking down the halls. So you just open a sheet up and you're in your room. It's a great point. There's a scene in this movie where he goes to like break into these girls' room and he pushes his hand through the sheet and reaches inside and unlocks the door. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very good. But it sets the mood. Um, okay, mm. in which we're going to get to the best part now. So if you remember from End of the Dragon, and this obviously isn't for you, but for all of us uh, listening in, there's this great scene where there are dancers and food and all this stuff's happening. And in End of the Dragon, it seemed really cool. It's like, well, they found some sort of mini paradise. Well, in this one, it's like this <laughs> bizarro David Lynch reverse music midget acrobatics. <laughs> Doing cartwheels, yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was like, uh, oh, I guess, uh, oh, Freaks, right? The 1940s Oh, movie. Freaks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but again, it's like you're, like you're pointing out, it's like, it's a, it's, they took whatever they had, whatever two nickels they could rub together and said, let's try and replicate the banquet in Enter the Dragon, and then that's what they got. Yeah. That's a great point. If you only had $2 and you had to recreate it, you're like, all right, we need uh, we need grapes, and we need midgets, and do you have someone who can play the flute? 
And this is what's so great about some of these movies is that I, I and you know, not being from the Philippines, not from that time particularly, where you can understand sort of the, their pop culture. Like, you know, we have every every country has their own, you know, you when you go to see a film from Hong Kong or a film from India or a film from, they all have different acting styles, different sort of co- comedy style. I mean, obviously Bollywood's a great example, you know, where to them there's something that's very accepted or very funny or very serious that for us, we can't quite put our finger on. Mm-hmm. We can't quite tell, are they thinking this is funny or is they, or have, do they have no idea? And that's some of the great things about these films is I can't always tell when they think something is ridiculous or if they're actually thinking it's pretty slick and cool. I have a note here. Um, so I agree with you completely. I put down Bollywood a couple of times. It feels the same. It's like the Filipinos were in on it. They're like, this is the best. Like they didn't care about the budget. They wanted to, they'd maybe seen Enter the Dragon and they'd maybe seen Most Dangerous Game and you know, they love Ramon. He was kind of a badass. And one of the girls in this, uh, Evangeline Pasquale, was like uh, Miss Philippines for a couple of years or something. Right. Like, yeah. And so yeah. they had all their favorite stars, and they're just doing stupid shit. And we finally, we had our little fight in the beginning, and we we're just about to get to our first fight. <laughs> so that, for a Bruceploitation movie, or this thing that they thought of as being like Bruce Lee. So the next scene, uh, which I think is great. So we're still doing the midget acrobatics, and it's really weird, and I can't quite understand what's happening. And then suddenly there are, like, five girls in the back, and Eddie, he just jumps up like, girls, 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 but he can't actually get up because he has a boner. (laughs) (laughs) We've taken this straight fourth grade. And the best thing in the world's about to happen. We're meeting Arhan. I didn't catch his name in this, but he's the best. He's this Filipino guy with a blonde wig, and he's got like a headband on so his wig won't pop off. And his speeches are the best. So this was his first speech. And he talks about to honor the superiority of man. And I didn't know yet because I hadn't gotten to the end of this the first time I watched it. Like I just thought, what a strange speech. But he's the guy from Most Dangerous Game, right? Like he believes mm-hmm. that man is the... Colonel yeah, von Stoffer. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah. Oh, right. That's his name. <laughs> Right? I didn't get any of that. So I'm like, wow, this guy's weird. And the speeches, they hit me. I'm just like, this is this is good stuff. Like, this could be made into its own thing. You just get his speeches out there and put them on YouTube and you'd probably get a million hits. Yeah, and he was in, I think he was in a pretty famous um, horror film called Beast of Blood. It was, uh, I think it was actually Filipino made, but it might have been Italian, but I can't, I'm not really sure. But anyway, yeah, he's... He's been an actor. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, he brings it, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. honor the superiority of man. <laughs> <laughs> we are gathered here tonight to honor the superiority of man. What a piece of work man is. There never was such beauty. Man is the miracle of miracles the great inscrutable mystery of God. The proper study of mankind is man. Those who slug and work hard stay on top. The lazy and the weaklings are trampled in defeat. Such is the way of man. Such is the way of life. I congratulate every champion as a worthy symbol of our superior manhood. Oh, well, we finally have our first tournament, and the big reversal for us is that all of the bad guys 
are wearing the uh, Roper um, yellow gi. Right. Of gi, yeah. Right. Yeah. So they very much borrow that from Men of the Dragon, which is we get the, the yellow karate gis. Yeah. 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 The, the good guys wear white in this case and the bad guys wear the yellow. Um, they also take right away the scene where um, I think it was Williams is like he noticed that guards were watching him while he was out on his balcony. So they do the whole guard on the balcony scene in a really low budget way. <laughs> um, Ramon comes out and he notices the guy in the yellow gi checking shit out and he kind of hides back a little bit. So we know now he's going to hide behind the sheets that are hanging from the walls, creating the walls. Very funny. Yeah, when he does that, when Ramon's doing his sneaking around, he's kind of got that black turtleneck shirt on that's sort of to replicate Bruce Lee and his black, you know, one-piece black tracksuit he had on. <laughs> but it's just like a turtleneck sweater. Yet it, yet it becomes totally like the movie Clue or something. It's sort of slapsticky. Like he almost gets caught a bunch of times and he has to do dumb stuff. And yeah. <laughs> well, right. And the thing is, that's what's kind of interesting about this. Is Ramon Zamora was a, a comedian. You know, I mean, it was... He was a known comedian, but that's why these movies are so interesting to me. Is like you, I, you, they're not their humor in it does not seem to be so obvious. Like in other words, I, I, I have a hard time. Like we were just saying, pinpointing when they think they're being funny and when they're trying to be very serious, which is great. It makes it even better that way. Oh, I agree, and uh, I think you're right. I wonder if Ramon through this whole thing didn't think. I'm in a comedy movie and this is hilarious because <laughs> he hadn't seen what they're going to turn it into, which is this yeah. action movie slash. So, yeah. So we get to one of the best scenes again. It's the boss um, talking to the girls and he's doing the speech. He's like, if you could give me the recipe of the secret concoction of your perfume. And then he eventually goes on to talk about how we women are this otherworldly creature that he can't understand anything about them. I'm just like, yeah. whoa, I mean, if I were there, I would just be like, okay, we gotta get the fuck off this island like right now, because this guy is gonna kill us. Forensic file <laughs> style. He's gonna, he's gonna, we're gonna have to spray the whole place in Luminol <laughs> for the blood spatters, because he's crazy. What lovely fragrance on such loveliness. Marisa, my dear, could you possibly tell me the secret concoction of your perfume? Yes, Master. It's simply soap and water. Soap and water. How char. <laughs> okay, well, cool. So um, then we get to a really fun part. And this is more of the odd slapstick comedy. But it, they're both getting a massage. But they're talking the whole time. Like, they're not being listened to by the girls that are massaging them like right what, that's right yeah what do you think of him oh i think he's okay and you know it's it's really weird most of this movie is exactly what you said earlier most of this movie is people who had no idea what was happening in any scene and they just had to fill in dialogue yeah with the dubbing it's uh, yeah correct that's what I, I mean it's clear that some cases you know some cases you know they're filling in a word or two just to make the lips match the the wording but sometimes you're like wait a minute i think they're just lost as to what was being said here and they're filling it in i couldn't have told you i mean i'm sitting there going they're both getting massages the girls are there i started to wonder like cuz they we haven't established that he's a secret agent yet or any of that so i'm like why are they even bothering to invest this guy if they're just there to have fun and do martial arts that's cool eat the grapes and see the midgets dance so i'm <laughs> a lot of my notes at this point are like what the hell's going on the next moment they're sneaking around a little bit 
Okay, so the whole thing changes. Like, so we go from that to there's suddenly this chase in the forest. And I was wondering, okay, so are these guys agents? Like, why are we going after this guy with the white gi? There's a chase. Um, he gets beat up. There's a fat guy who I think is meant to be their low-budget bolo. <laughs> right, like, that's him. Yeah, they're like, bolo's big, and we know Big Bob is big. Let's get Big Bob in here, and he can beat up this dude. <laughs> it's funny, because there's nothing bolo about him, but he's definitely the biggest Filipino in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to one of the best scenes in this, and it's kind of like they're eating this chicken dinner, and at one point he's like, well, I'm not going to eat anymore. It's like, well, let's take our chicken and we'll offer it to the guard outside, and that'll let you sneak through the sheet walls and, <laughs> and get out. I don't know. It was really weird. It was really fun to watch. I'll put a I'll put a quote in from it right now. But it was very strange. It's kind of like, oh, you like chicken? Uh, this chicken's going to get cold if you don't eat this chicken now. Chicken's yep. good. Have you ever had fried chicken? This chicken's cooked to perfection. You know, there's all these chicken things. I'm like, What? Say, uh, chicken, uh, I mean, <laughs> Abdul, uh, have some, uh, you know, uh, fried chicken. Uh, it's more than we can eat, uh, so, uh, you know, chicken, uh, cook, 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 you know, uh, we'll have some. <laughs> fried chicken, you know, fried chicken, fried chicken. <laughs> well, again, you know, it's, it, this is, you got to keep in mind, this is where they pulled in Zamora, who, as a comedian, I think they... They knew his audience, right? And there's an an amount of this with they again. There were you know he's he was a he's, his start I guess was like as a stunt man and a, a dancer in the fifties. I mean he started pretty early and then he got into kind of a laughing show in the sixties and oh, right. before he got in, into the um, into the movies. But he had some you know fighting experience to some degree, you know, so he could obviously carry it off. But uh, so you know everything that he did and 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 there's a number of films. What's inter- what's really interesting about um, these films to me is that they were doing unlike in Hong Kong and, and Taiwan when they would started doing the Bruceploitation films the sort of rip-offs and the sequels etc that were done after Bruce Lee had passed away these were being done while Bruce Lee was still alive right you know he like had a film called The Pig Boss as in you know oink oink right oh my and, god I saw and that, that was yeah that was from I think 72 and then he had um, Fish Fish and Fury instead of Fists of Fury, you know? So they, they were literally doing these things while Bruce Lee was alive and, and the films were popular in, in Asia. Um, That's but I brilliant. Guess because, I, yeah, yeah so, no, I took a note of some of the titles I was going to ask you about it. So I didn't notice The Pig Boss. It just didn't hit me, but it's so freaking obvious now. And that, yeah, you said 72. I noticed the radical boxer challenges The Big Boss, and I wondered, you know, it's all the buttons, of, yes, yeah. and I think that one, um, the the one you just mentioned, was one that he did later. There's another uh, another actor named Ray M- Malonzo, okay. who was basically his replacement. So he and they did a number of movies together. He was it was like the passing of the mantle, like if Bruce Lai was sort of passing off to Bruce Lee, and that's who kind of picked up and started doing like. There's a um, uh, a film called. Um, uh, Oh, God, why am I blanking on it? Uh, Chaku Lee or Bruce Lee, uh, the Chaku King. I can't remember. But it's w- one of the ones that Ray did. And so you have a number of, of these films that were done during Bruce Lee's you know time mm-hmm. and, and then afterwards. But they were always very like, ah, there's a Return of the Dragon. There's a um, the, the 
the I can't remember all the titles of the, off the Shadow of the Dragon. Right, I one. have those. I was going to ask you because that's what I took notes on. So I just wondered if you'd seen these and if they are Bruce Boitation. There's one called Shadow they're of very, the Dragon. Yeah, they're very hard to find. There are some floating around the oh. internet. You have to kind of go through some retailers to find some of the videos because they are. I've seen a couple of them. I've seen Return of the Dragon, which is actually really good. Uh, Pig Boss, I've never seen, um, but there's a, there are a number of them that are that are just just aren't floating around readily on YouTube. Yeah, get this: before '75, he had Shadow of the Dragon, Game of Death, Return of the Dragon, um, Dread the Trail, Dragonfire, then Dragonfire, <laughs> the Dragon Force Connection. I'm just like, and then of course I just thought this one probably not Bruce Boitation, but I I know you must have seen this one just. I feel like you've mentioned it. They call him Chop Suey. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And it is kind of Bruceploitation, for sure. Right. And, but, but you know, this the thing, this wasn't just, um, this wasn't just relegated to, to Bruce Lee because they, they would do this a lot. The guy that directed Game of Death, um, he did had just done a film before Game of Death called uh, Dirty Harry, but it was spelled H-A-R-I. <laughs> and so it's a ripoff of the Dirty Harry movies. But it's so the the idea of this sort of satirical uh, ripoff, it wasn't just, you know, exclusively to Bruce Lee. They were all over the place. Yeah, I love it. I want to see the uh, they call him Chop Suey at this point. Now, you know, there. I just don't want to point out before because I know I'll probably forget otherwise. Um uh, Zamora did a film called The Dragon, the Lizard, and the Boxer with Dorian Tan, Tan Tao Lang, who was, um, you, I don't know if you've seen any of his movies, but he's from Real Hot, the Cool, and the Vicious, Invincible Kung Fu. Your Ways. favorite. Yeah, my hero, you know. Yeah. And um, the it was directed by Law Kay, who directed The Dragon Lives Again, the Bruce Lang movie we saw. Right. But it's a, a more serious, kind of a pretty interesting film because it's during, set during the war and there's a lot of military action in it and they use a lot of stock footage of real you know real military stuff but um but it's a it's a hong kong film that he was in so he did kind of cross over into wow. the kung fu martial arts world but it's kind of it's like a you know it's worth looking looking into to see it's kind of an interesting movie i love it Dragon, the Lizard, the Boxer, nineteen seventy-seven. Dragon, the Lizard, the Boxer. Yeah, yeah there cool. you go. Cool, I love that. And then I noticed he followed that up with a Chop Suey met Big Time Papa. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's more dragon stuff. I mean, gosh, he also has a Bruce L I I T movie in seventy-eight. Well, Bru- Ray Malonzo, I think it was the, the his his kind of protege. Yeah. He um. They his name pops up as Bruce Lie L Y. Okay. So you you'll get that with the Chaku Master and stuff. They, when when he went to Hong Kong, they put they gave him that moniker. Obviously, where in in the Philippines they just gave him his actual name because that's what, you know, it's like taking Justin Bieber and changing his name in a different yeah. you know, country to to release the film. I'll just throw it out and, there. Justin Bieber would be really good. There you go. It's a clone, the clone of Bieber. Um, you just send me uh, all the proceeds for that to, uh, you know, Matthew Whitaker, Twitter. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, I'm surprised more than anything with how much Ramon Zamora, just how many Bruce-related titles he had. I mean, he seems more prolific than even, you know, Bruce Lai. Yeah, and I, actually, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, he's probably done about as many films that were in the at least in the kung fu genre, right. you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. that had dragon in the name because that that yep. was selling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, okay, so we had the chicken scenes, which I think are hilarious. We finally get back to another speech from my my hero, the the Han, 
the Han on this island. Uh, and his pretty much was at this point. He's just like, no one escapes from my island, so everybody simmer down. Hot ladies, line up. You know, this is gonna we're gonna have some fun here. And I feel like the tournament's just there because otherwise somebody's just recreating these movies from memory. But the the tournament's there just so we can throw in a little martial arts, which was terrible. Every no punch felt normal. The sounds were terrible. Nothing looked mm-hmm. like it connected. I mean, he's fit, and I can see why he continued to be fake Bruce, and he has the hair. But he really looks less like Bruce than any Bruce Lee uh, clone. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. he looks Hispanic, and he's just got big hair. He could look like anybody. He could, You could tell me he's actually, you know, I don't know, Pancho Villa, and I'd be like, all right, I'm good with that. Whatever. <laughs> all right, well, we finally get to the part I alluded to earlier. Um, he's going to find these girls, and we don't know any of this plot yet. And he goes through the locked door, and they're like, oh, wait, there's somebody outside. So he's obviously not great at sneaking. But then he just reaches through the sheet, which is the wall, and he unlocks yeah. the door, and he comes in, and they sort of get him. Like, they held him down a little bit, and he's like, wait, 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 girls. I, you know, I don't really want to fight with you guys. I'm actually a s- super spy, and I've come here to bring down fake Han. And they're like, what? You know, prove it. So he opens his wallet, and he not only has just, like, a picture of each of them, he has, like, candid pictures of them, like, in a bunch of them. Like, he's he's been collecting dozens of pictures of these girls just waiting for this moment. They could be like, no, here's you at prom. Yeah. <laughs> here's you when you were at the award show. Yeah, he saw these really random pictures of these girls. And he's like, see? How could I have those if I weren't a secret agent? So, cool. Rather than a pervert. Yeah, exactly. Um, then we get, um, there's a little, there's, I put down a, a kidnapping scene. Who gets kidnapped? Oh, no, that's, yeah, yeah it's her getting, like, so, yeah, he's like, how did you get to the island? And they show, like, this Rolls Royce pull up, and she's this yeah. rich lady playing tennis or whatever, and they pretty much just grab her out in front of her house and shove her in a car and drive away. I was like, oh, that's how you steal girls. To take to your creepy island dungeon thing. <laughs> well, yeah, which again plays into this the Hans, you know, island of prostitutes. Yeah, you know, all the, the kidnapped, drug addicted prostitutes. Yeah. All right. Well, we get back to a tournament, and this time it's the battle against the bearded dude, which I assume I, I assumed in the beginning of the fight this was my Bob Wall, and we were going to do Bob Wall stuff, but he's actually <laughs> Japanese, quote unquote. Um, even though he's not, and he has a katana, and it's katana versus yeah. nunchaku, which is always a cool thing. Just which is you know fist of fury, yes. the end of uh, fist of fury. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> loved it. Um, we go back to the guy who got caught earlier. He's getting tortured to hell. There's a little bit of like them spying in on the torture, and now the whole movie is changing. So he's going to help him. Uh, thanks to the girls, he likes them. Um, there's another battle. Which is actually, I think, the best fight in the thing. And they spend a lot of time uh, on the choreography. They do the Enter the Dragon backflip kick to the face. Right. Yeah, there are knives. It's a pretty good fight. That was the big one. But then everything changes. And it's time for Enter the Dragon to leave and the most dangerous game to kick in. So That's true. Yeah. Now we got a Jim Kelly wannabe, an Inosanto... I wrote down no Roper, but maybe the flashy dude is supposed to be Roper. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Like, they're like, well, what if Roper 
ate four people. <laughs> he'd, get, yeah. he'd get fat, and then he'd be this. Yeah, I don't know. You're so funny. I think once I started you on this rabbit hole of, like, all the nuances of these films of how they relate to Bruce Lee. Now you're like, you're looking for Roper in every movie and Jim <laughs> Kelly in every movie. Well, am I, I mean, why would they have a black guy on the island if it isn't Jim <laughs> Kelly? That's true. There you go. And the other dude, he had the the headband on just like in Asanto in um, yeah. Game of Death. Game of Death. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like, this is all on purpose. Although this is four years before Game of Death. So maybe it's just a guy wearing a headband. <laughs> I don't know anymore. That's the idea. It confuses you. Yes. You think you might have seen a Bruce Lee movie by the time you're done. <laughs> okay. Uh, final tournament. I don't remember if there was anything there of note. Well, you know, it's one of the things I always noticed in that scene is it's, and it goes to the, just the different, uh, you know, priorities of these films is that the lens was so dirty in some of those <laughs> shots. You get, I mean, you literally are seeing dirt on the lens and like smudges and it's like they just... We're not even paying attention to cleaning your camera <laughs> lenses. It was so funny. Can you imagine the guy with that camera? They're like, you're ready, Billy, right? You've done it. Yeah. You've done all the stuff. He's like, oh, yeah. I cleaned the lens like eight times. I just filmed. Well, yeah. And, and again, not that people think about this too much, but, you know, as a filmmaker myself, there's a lot involved in color timing a movie where you, you sit and you balance out each shot so it looks the same lighting's the same the color's more or less the same because when you're shooting it the day is changing you're changing sometimes film stock all those different things that can contribute to the colors fluctuating right and on this film if you watch from like shot to shot it gets a little brighter it's a little more washed out it's a little you know they would just they just edited it together just did the best they could i did catch it not in the way that you did like i'm glad that you said that because it just showed like the mind of a filmmaker i noticed that it felt really like every scene's a little bit like janky like I'm trying to watch this and suddenly it's nighttime and suddenly it's daytime again between like three words and then suddenly he's fighting again and suddenly he, yep. he's in a dirt lot instead of the woods. I'm like, what the hell is going well, on? Well, there's even a shot towards the end when, when Zamora gets shot in the arm by the arrow. Oh, yeah. When you see him firing the arrow, it's clearly in the afternoon. And when you see Zamora get hit by it, it's, you can tell it's night and they're just blasting <laughs> him with light to try to make it look like the day. I saw that scene earlier. That's funny. I'll watch it again to catch the... Because uh, oh, yeah. I didn't catch it. I like his overacting when he gets shot. He's like, oh, my God. It's one of the coolest things. His yeah. <laughs> his face. It's so good. Okay. So the final tournament comes. Um, we get another great speech. Um, I started calling him in my notes, Mr. Rourke. <laughs> he looks a little like Mr. Rourke. He, oh, yeah. Good, yeah. good point. Yeah. And in this case, he's like, for the glory of man... I meet you all. The ground will be hollowed by your sacred blood. Like all of his speeches, they're straight out of like the satanic texts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to the glory of man, I greet you all. Hail champions. Fight for victory. Fight for immortality. For this ground will be hollowed by your sacred blood. This day, will be a very significant one. For this day will herald the champion of all fighters, the mightiest of them all, Lar! Um Okay, so back in, we're now in the dungeon again, which is meant to be the end of the dragon, like, you know, drug scenes. 
Um, he does cool stuff, like Bollywood-ish comedy. He kills a guard, and he leans him against something to make it look like he's sleeping. And he's standing on his legs. <laughs> right. And there's even a great scene where the guys stop and look at him. They're like, oh, well, he's sleeping. Let's move yeah, on. They, and, yeah. <laughs> um, finally, yeah, they, we just finally make it out. The, lots of weird stuff happens in the dungeons. They play the the Game of Death theme song again, and, you know, there's some running in, in kind of limping along but finally we get out we escape through the woods we're down at the beach and this would be i guess where i was kind of expecting a helicopter to show up or something and no han shoots a woman in the stomach with a crossbow (laughs) as everyone just stands there looking at her like oh uh, and you know getting a little bit apprehensive and like guys run like i get she was your friend but he's got a crossbow and he's shooting you all and yeah now we're into the most dangerous game for sure Right, and that's exactly how, at that point, this is how the, the process of the, the, the film goes from here. It's, it is the most dangerous game. They're just running around, and he's hunting them down with a crossbow. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was great just because it was so weird. Um, he kills one girl. He shoots another girl. There's a wonderful, um, the Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry scene where he's like, I think you're out of bullets, you know? The- no, right. <laughs> <laughs> It was classic, because, by the way, he wasn't out of bullets, and he shoots him. <laughs> Mr. Mercado, end of the line for you has come. <laughs> I count, and I know you have but six bullets. You caused a stunning failure in our plans we have long, long built. You've to pay full price for this. There's still one bullet in this gun. Don't make me use it on you, cause I need you alive, baby. <laughs> Your thing. Mr. Mercado. <laughs> um, yeah, he just manages like to kill off everybody except our hero. He shoots three girls total. Third one lives, even though I think she's shot in her back or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah, finally we get to the scene you talked about. Zamora versus Han, and he gets shot in the arm. The overacting was beautiful. And he... How does he kill him? I don't remember anymore. I, I think it's very un sort of it's ambiguous because it's a quick scene. It only right. lasts for like twenty seconds. Yeah, his arms hurt, so you think he's like I mean, you know he's he, gonna win. He just hit right. Yeah, he just hits him. Yeah. <laughs> Punches him in the guts and he's dead and that's the end. Yeah. That was it. That is what happened. That was basically it. Yeah. That's Samora's game of death. <laughs> so again, it's I just find that anybody that that has an interest in these sort of Bruce Lee exploitation films has to at least see a few of these because they're just so different to what we're used to seeing out of Hong Kong. And, uh, you know, they had their own charm. I think, you know, some people could find the the entertainment merit in these more than even some of the the ones we're used to seeing. Now, again, the the martial arts in many of these films is the 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 standard of it is mm-hmm. it's definitely a different league, but I don't know if that's necessarily their goal with these films. Right. You know? This doesn't have the heart of a Hong Kong Bruce Boitation film. They are not well, and I say that generally speaking, but you know what I mean, like the ones that were right. really trying 
to celebrate Bruce Lee. This isn't like that. But this also, I would say, is better than the ones where they're just trying to make a buck on the, the Bruce thing. So you just get kind of boring rehashing of things. This was doing something different. But, uh, I mean, there's something that, like, it, t it takes, yeah, I, I don't know, kind of uh, uh, flaming balls to spend $10 and recreate End of the Dragon. Well, yeah, and that's why these, these films would be particularly interesting to somebody that likes their movies goofy. Yeah. You know, you go, I'm not, I'm not in it to perceive, you know, per se see some great fight work. I wanna, I'd like to see something that's going to make me laugh and kind of like it, the absurdity of it all. Yeah. And, and this would fit right in there. As we're a couple of other films, of his other films like Return of the Dragon, etc. You know, yeah. same thing. All right, well, Bruceisms, this one had pretty much everything. Nunchaku, the cat sounds, the hair. Um, he did the nod, the mm-hmm, bring it. Yeah. Uh, a little <laughs> bit of handwork. Yeah, he'd watched Bruce enough that he picked up a lot of the Bruceisms. Uh, obviously, the entire story, the first three quarters of the story, I should say. Yeah, pretty good. Well, and, yeah, and his, his sometimes on some of the posters of his movies, I don't know if it was, he has one called The Dragon Force Connection. I think it might be, it might be that one, but he's, it says Ramon, then in quotes, Bruce Lee Zamora. You know, so it's it was his deal for yeah. sure. <laughs> nice. Do you know? Um, I mean, I think you kind of mentioned this earlier, and I didn't commit it. Do you know if he had any actual real martial arts training, or do you think it was all? He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. But it wasn't. You know, I mean, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't extensive. It wasn't Jeet Kune Do. It was. Yeah, exactly. It, but he pulled it enough to get away with being the you know the sort of Samo Hung of the Philippines. Yeah, he learned to kick. Yeah. Sort of. Oh my God! <laughs> on his on this IMDb page right now, I was just looking. In 1983, he had a movie called Cato, Son of the Dragon. <laughs> oh, is that right? Well, it might be a re. It might be a reworking of something else. That's I funny. like it. I like it. I just like it. In 83. It's still going on. Oh no! You know what it is? It he directed and started it. It must have been oh, his his last blast. He did this other one that was pretty good with um, Eddie Garcia, also called The Magnificent Brute. I remember uh, that was kind of interesting, yeah. I love it. I love it. Some All right, so that brings us to the end of the flick. Uh, do you have any news before we get off to um, our listeners' comments? News. I am, uh, you know, I'm going to go uh, doing a little something with John Ben, actually. I'm going to go visit him for a little while and... I'm working on something with him, but I'm going to see if I can't get him to uh, get a little little something for us to use on a future episode coming up. Um, I think what we should probably look into doing is maybe the clones of Bruce Lee soon, and so I'll uh, I'll see what I can I can get from him for that. But um, yeah, that should be fun. Cool. And know? then you posted yeah. to Instagram and Twitter recently um, that you were scanning something. I don't know how much you showed. Or if I can talk, I think you may have sent me the same thing you posted out there. So I don't know. Was that something we want to talk about? Uh, there's definitely, you know, uh, I'm helping scan and color time, uh, you know, like we were talking about earlier in the show, you know, just trying to make sure that they're getting the images right. I'm working with Lisa Nam a little bit to try to get uh, the director's approved versions on a few films. Wow. But uh, yeah, we're, we've got a couple, couple things. We're dealing with some film prints that are a little stubborn. We got a uh, one film print that I had gotten from overseas and we got it was kind of unfortunate because it's one I was really looking forward to releasing and we're still working on it but it's just the film itself 
ended up being the, the the 35 millimeter film that we got was only 62 minutes long so it was missing a good half an hour like there'd be these chunks that were missing in the film wow. so and that's so like actual it. like physical 35 millimeter film that's just missing yes, from the correct. Re- oh wow because we're trying the, the releases we're doing we're not just you know up resing some vhs or some dvd we're trying to get original film elements and scan them in 2k so we can at least get the best possible releases you know of these films for people to 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 watch and it's just you know it's a it's hard so you would you take a vhs like the chunk and put it in there just for continuity's sake uh no not i mean there are cases where we've actually used some audio Uh from some rare vhs uh tapes or at least their masters i shouldn't say vhs tapes so some of the audios off of um from like some old betamax which are a little higher quality but um in that case but in terms of like actual images we're, we're running into one situation where you have one film that's only missing about three minutes okay and it's the first three minutes of the film so we may find ourselves having to rely on maybe an up res of a dvd possibly just to fill in the three minutes because the rest of it is you know it's so good that we don't want to not do the film right um but it's a process it's a real like we've talked about on this show before you know you get you to try and track down quality versions of these films you know on their original elements negative you know negatives we've i found a few negatives but mostly you know you find film prints um, and they're just but you know they're beat up they're scratched they're missing stuff um in some cases we've got prints that have the you know their original chinese language only and so they've got subtitles burned in that we have to decide should we just you know because we can't find them in english if you find them in english you can actually put your own subtitles on you can put any language you want right because nothing's burned in you know it's just the english track but um that's uh it's tough to do so anyways we're, we're getting there we've got a, a good uh we've pulled close to a dozen together so i know they're going to be announcing them soon um there's going to be a series of probably double sets of, of Blu-rays coming out, um, we're kind of tonally and thematically pairing them up and um, doing a lot of extra content with interviews, stuff that's, you know, we've got stuff for the documentary that we had done over the years, but we're going to pull stuff for certain releases that isn't in the documentary, like interview pieces, that kind of thing, and trailers and all kinds of stuff. So Nice. And where do we find out about those? Here? I'll keep you posted, but when the company that I'm working with decides to uh, do its announcement, I'll I'll know ahead of time, okay. which is going to be pretty soon because they're. The, I can say that the releases are going to be. Looks like it. I thought it was going to be at the end of this year, but it's probably the very beginning of next year. So, uh, but we'll be announcing them at least pretty soon. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on. Um, just really quickly, we're going to cover a couple um, uh, of our listeners' comments. Um, we did True Game of Death number. It was episode twenty three. Uh, Mike Shang said, I first saw uh, Lung Ting Sheng in a Shaw Brothers movie called Flag of Iron. And before I saw him in True Game of Death, I said to myself that he reminded me of Bruce Lee and the way he dispatched a couple of the guys in that movie uh, when the camera panned up to his face. Typical Bruce Lee fashion. Then a few movies later, I see him playing Bruce Lee. If I had to rate this movie, which I believe he's talking particularly about the True Game of Death, he said he'd give it four out of five, especially when comparing it to the uh, Game of Death the original like the the real game of death right yeah so yeah i mean i i would say i agree i liked him i i'm not a big fan of game of death itself i mean i'd love to see the missing footage of bruce lee but i don't know i feel like other people have done it better 
You're talking about the uh, Robert Klaus one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... And then uh, Lung Ting Tsiung went on to do, uh, true, uh, who did True Game of Death, did another one called uh, Bruce Against the Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, which was fairly uh, Bruce-ploitative. Bruce-ploitative, I said. Yes. Should be a word, but it's not. I've heard of that um, one many times, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's another real hard one to, to actually get a hold of, but uh, um, I've seen it's kind of a little way of the dragon esque with um with pearl divers and it's it's bizarre but it's good i mean it's actually probably you'd probably find it more entertaining than true game of death too cool um let's see the only other one i have well marco um he he tried to beat us to the punch and said i know the next one you're doing is game of death but we'd already recorded it but he had two things that he wanted <laughs> your opinion on so he's getting this a little late we'd already completely finished that and here's the answer. He said, um, it's often said in reports that Raymond Chow and Robert Klaus had no documents to the planned storyline of the film and therefore had to make a new one. He doesn't believe it. He thinks that Dan Inosanto or Kareem could have been asked, for example, because they would have known the storyline. Um, he said, I think they were planning to make a great blockbuster because it was the last effing Bruce Lee movie. And they think that Lee's plot didn't seem good enough for that. And he thinks that's why everybody refused to come back. What do you think? Uh, I think what it was is they basically had a, you know, they're because what's happening is they're trying to fill what was missing from what Bruce Lee had already shot. You know what I mean? And and Bruce Lee obviously didn't have a completed script. He did have enough notes because I've seen them that it you actually got what was going on. I mean, it just didn't have all the dialogue and every scene wasn't broken down. But what it would happen is when they got to talking about how they would finish it to do what he originally planned, which I'm sure every Bruce Lee fan would have loved, but it would have been difficult because then they would have to figure a way to hide his face, you know, the whole time if they were going to try to make it sound. Because what they were going to do is they didn't want to just do like, obviously they didn't want to do a film. This is why it's so Bruce exploitation. They didn't want to just do a film that was like, let's honor Bruce Lee's film. We'll get a replacement. Well, everybody will know going into it that we're replacing the first, you know, 50% of the movie with this fake Bruce Lee. So they said, how can we do this and sort of manipulate it where, where, where everybody's thinking this is a Bruce Lee movie? And I think the way they, they came up with it, which was this, this idea of a movie star, blah, blah, blah. But they, they knew what he was planning on doing. And I don't, you know, they just decided it wasn't going to work for them as a as a film and it probably in a sense they were right because i don't know if they that that would have been a true sort of kung fu movie in a way and maybe they were feeling like we need to do something a little more james bondian or whatever their idea was at the time yeah i'll buy it all right his other thing uh t has two other points a uh, quick one um and i won't read the whole thing why do you think Inosanto came back um you know i mean he knew people on the production um he probably felt like it was, you know, I and mean, look, Inosanto also did the the Bruce Lee film Counterattack, you know. Okay. So I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't think he was thinking it was being offensive. Probably at the time, I know when the film came out, there was a little bit of like, uh, you know, elements of it where everybody was sort of, you know, the Lee family was a little like, mm, you know. So there was, you know, they gave it a try, and I th I'm sure Inosanto was thinking the uh, same thing. Yeah, I mean, he was teaching Jeet uh, Kune Do, and I mean, imagine he thought he was still kind of putting the message out there and trying to. I mean. Not everybody is an underling of Bruce Lee, right? 
<laughs> yeah, and and listen, you know, I mean, they're they're coming up to and say, hey, listen, we're going to take that footage. You're in it. We're going to finish this film with a big production company. You know, we're putting more money into Game of Death than we did Enter the Dragon. Can we, you know, would you come along and work a week and help us out? I'm just, you know, I'm just, I can see why he'd want to do it. All right. Well, uh, check out um, our post on theclonescast.com. Goodbye, Bruce Lee's last Game of Death. Marco put together a little Game of Death uh, extra footage video. Um, he created that. And then the last thing he says finally is, I would love if you could do a podcast about Dragon on Fire, a.k.a. Enter Three Dragons. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that one. I mean, we've been, you and I have been talking a little bit about it. That was um, when I got a chance to talk to Godfrey a lot about because mm-hmm. he was working on... That was one of the few films that Dragon Lee came and did in Hong Kong. Most of me did in Korea, and they got released in Hong Kong. But The Dragon, The Hero, Under Three Dragons, you know, was one of the few ones, The Clones of Bruce Lee. All right, and then a, a gentleman named Bogan, he um, actually responded to Marco, which um, I probably read, which made me think about the uh, Jeet Kune Do, just to give credit where credit's due. I didn't remember that until right now. I'm rereading it. He said uh, in an audio commentary on the HKL disc, Bay Logan said he believed Innocenta was trying to keep the Jeet Kune Do flag flying or something like that. So, yeah, and then the Chinese stuntman would help spread awareness and all of that stuff. And he doesn't think there was any disrespect. But yeah, there you go. I uh, obviously believed in what you said so much, Mr. Bogan. I committed to memory and made it my own comment. So <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's all we've got, Michael. Uh, what's up for us next? Well, I would. I guess next, I don't know where this is falling in the lo- your line, but I think once, if, if this is after... We're after Game of Death. We correct? are. This is one after Game of Death. Uh, we had Ian on for Enter the Game of Death, and then uh, uh, Matthew Polly for uh, Game of Death, uh, episode twenty-five. So uh, this is number twenty-six. So this is this is Game of Death. Death. Explanation point. Right. <laughs> so we did a nice run of Game of Death movies. Uh, so I thought we could probably shake it up a little bit with some martial monks of Shaolin, which is where Bruce Boitation. You know, we talk a lot about it because you can watch a film sometimes and go, yeah, I can see all these elements of, of this being like a Bruce Lee movie or a sequel to one or bar, or it's about Bruce Lee's life or what have you. But there are cases where you essentially have a kung fu plot. A kung, by, all, by all standards, it's just a, a typical kung fu movie. But because we've got Dragon Lee or Bruce Lee or Bruce Lee or whoever might be in there doing you know, their Bruce Lee, you know, channeling Bruce Lee, that it becomes a Bruce Bloitation film. And I, uh, so Martial Monks of Shaolin, we will tackle and probably talk a little bit about that. I'm excited. Um, yeah. yeah, perfect. All right. Well, sir, this was, uh, this was quite the, the throw into another direction. I loved it. Um, I really did. Like at the end of the day, this is one of the, the funner ones to watch. Uh, unfortunately, I wish they would have played, paid a little more attention to the martial arts and um, but the plot and the zaniness of the overacting and everything else really hit it home. So thanks. Yeah, no. Well, there's a couple others that'll have a little bit more on the action side. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll do those. I know you've fun. you've been I, I, you've been threatening me with the clones of Bruce Lee for a <laughs> long time. So um, we got to get there soon, and maybe that falls in with what you were saying with the the Enter the Three Dragons. We do um, movies that have multiple dragons. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's true. There you go. Good series. <laughs> okay, cool. Until next time. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. Thanks.
Man, to mighty world. 